I speak to you in the name of God, who was and is and is to come. Amen. I recently returned from vacation with my wife, my son, and 15 members of our family. Cousins, aunts, uncles, siblings, we all gathered to celebrate my in-laws on their 50th wedding anniversary, and we did it in style. We took a much-anticipated cruise to Alaska. It was beautiful, and it was memorable. It was the longest that many of us had been together, and after not seeing one another since the start of the pandemic, in most of those cases, it was really great to reconnect. It was also a whole lot of family time. As Christians, many of the stories that we hear in the Bible, the way we talk about church, our relationships with God and one another, it's often done through this lens of family. And depending on our relationship with our family or our experience as, as parents, sometimes that can be really messy because in ways that are small, in ways that are big, family disappoints us and family wounds us. We as a church family also come up short in supporting one another in life-giving ways. I want to acknowledge that and respect that reality because today we hear the basis for one of the most well-known prayers in all of Christianity, what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And it uses this family language in an important way. Now we get the version from Luke's Gospel. There's another slightly longer form of this prayer in Matthew chapter 6 that you might want to check out. It's the only prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples, and it holds a really special place in our church. We pray it every time we gather for worship. On Sunday mornings, we hear it right before we, pray, we take communion. We pray it together. And it opens with addressing God as our Father. Anchoring his prayer with this word choice, Jesus is teaching his disciples then and those of us now who are his followers that we can come before God like we would a loving parent. It seems to be intended as a term that invokes an intimate care and loving relationship. James Martin, who's a Catholic priest and an author, says that prayer is conscious conversation with God. That's his definition, that prayer is conscious conversation with God. Now, how we start a conversation, that, of course, is not the end-all, be-all, but it does matter. And Jesus opens this prayer by reminding us that when we pray, we can speak like we would to someone who's very close to us. Think of all the possible names for God that Jesus could have gone with. And what does he choose? Father, Abba, Dad. When we pray, we are in conversation with someone who cares for our well-being more than we could ever imagine. They want to provide for us, care for us, and protect us just as a loving parent does for their child, even more so than even the best parent is able to. The Almighty, who's all-knowing, all-powerful, the one who created all those galaxies billions of years ago that we're getting glimpses of through the Webb telescope, that God desires to be closer to us than our dearest and closest human relationship could be. The emphasis in the prayer that Jesus teaches and the verses that follow show that prayer isn't so much about getting things from God, 
but about our relationship with God. We are asked to come before God with all our hopes, desires, needs, hurts, and to do so honestly and boldly. I want to hover for just a moment over that short parable that Jesus told in today's reading, the one about the two friends. One of them has this unexpected guest show up in the middle of the night. They're out of bread, so they go to their friend's house, knock on the door, wake him up, and this bleary-eyed friend is not too thrilled about this. Maybe you could identify with that. But we start to understand that there is something that makes him get up out of bed and give, it, give his friend the bread. And it's not so much their bonds of friendship, but knowing that his reputation is on the line, too, if he doesn't help. We in 21st century D.C. probably don't really share these same standards, but in 1st century Palestine, there was an expectation of community care that would make hospitality that's extended to guests not just the responsibility of the one person, the one host, but of the community as a whole. So if you're woken up in the middle of the night to help by giving some bread, you do it, because if you don't, your honor is on the line. So Jesus seems to be saying, come before God shamelessly. Be bold. Be like that one who comes knocking in the night and call on God to keep God's promises. If the bleary-eyed guy from the parable had his friends back, how much more so does God have ours? seeking to come to our aid and listening to our prayers, wanting to make good on what is expected of him. We're encouraged to come before God in the way that God sees us, as one who is loved completely and fully, even if we have a hard time believing and accepting that ourselves, or the world tells us that we shouldn't think about ourselves that way. In an ideal case, that is what we'd, we would experience from our parents, though that might not be your lived reality. And if it's not, maybe especially if that's not your experience, then God is reminding us that we can come before them as a loving parent. God wants our candor, our honesty, and to bring our full selves into relationship. The words don't have to be perfect. The setting doesn't have to be just right. Just come. There is a book by James Martin, that Catholic priest I mentioned earlier, that came out last year. It's called Learning to Pray, a Guide for Everyone. And I found it to be pretty meaningful in my own life. In one chapter, Martin shares the insight that has most deeply affected his own spiritual life. It's from William Berry, who encouraged us to mine what we know of human relationships for ways to understand our relationship with God. Now that's not a perfect analogy, of course. None of our friends have created the universe, um, and God is a being that whose fullness is beyond our complete knowing. But God does know us and desires us to know them, at least in part. So if you're sitting here wondering in the middle of all that I'm up here rambling on about, how you could even start or restart your prayer life Take a moment just to think about what goes into making your most meaningful relationship, your most meaningful friendships work, and use that as a springboard to deepen your relationship with God. For example, think about time. 
Friendships flourish when you spend time with your friends. So does a relationship with God. When you hang out with friends in big groups or you send your friend a text for their birthday, that's great. But every now and then you have to give your friend your undivided attention or that relationship is going to start to fade. Time also lets friendships deepen. The more you spend in one another's presence, the more you get to know each other, and you start to pick up on signals and cues that you can only recognize in your friend because you've gotten to know each other so well. Solid friendships also need honesty, and they need listening. Imagine if your closest friend did all the talking and never gave you space to share what's going on in your life. Or what if you had a relationship with someone that was based on saying what you think you should say rather than what you really want to say. Those are both recipes for not so great relationships in the long run. God wants us to be honest in our prayers and to make space to listen and notice how God might be accompanying us in our daily life. Lastly, Martin emphasizes the role that silence plays in our closest relationship. Think about taking a long car trip with an old friend, he writes. Did the two of you have to say something every minute? Or think about two lovers walking side by side along the beach without saying a word. Silence can, of course, signal painful or confusing moments, but a companionable silence can also be very consoling. But silence in our world today is hard to find and it's hard to eke out. And when we find it, it might feel strange simply because we're just not familiar with it. But Martin pushes us to think about drawing a glass of water from a stream. And when you first look at that glass of water, it's probably going to be just kind of this swirling, murky mess. But if you set it down and let it sit for a minute, the silt is going to start to settle, and you're going to be able to start to see through that water more clearly. When our environments, be they outside or inside, when they're too noisy, it might be time to just let our souls quiet down and let those things float up to the surface in our thinking and in our emotions. Because without silence, it can be hard to hear and see what God is trying to say to us. Now, silence was not the hallmark of the trip I just took. Lots of family time, lots of talking. It's not often the hallmark of my days as the parent of a toddler either. But when I do get it, either solo or in small groups, I find it to be very powerful. And during our trip, I experienced great moments of candor that you can really only have with people that you love most intimately. Of course, we had moments of frustration, but we could also put down the mask, set aside the small talk, and just be real with one another. We could rest and revel in being together and share our worries and our hopes. God desires glimpses like these that we experience with one another to be the sustained reality in our relationship with the Holy One. Above all, above all else, Jesus' words in the gospel today are an invitation to honesty. They're an invitation to candor that comes from intimacy and trust. I don't know exactly how prayer works. I've had lots of ebbs and flows in my own personal prayer life. 
But what I do know is that God is the provider of all good things and the protector of all in need. And that prayer has the power to change us. It impacts how we live and move and have our being in the world. Is praying going to give us everything we want? No. But God's deep desire is to give us that which we need most so that we might live lives of wholeness. Lord, teach us to pray. Amen.